Imperfectly Human is number 32 in Feedspot's top 90 Christian podcast, but we'd like to be number one. Here's what you can do to help. Go to your favorite streaming platforms. Yeah, the one that you listen to this podcast on and hit that subscribe button. Then use the social icons on that platform to share it with your friends and family and everyone that you know. We appreciate your support and we'll see you at the top. Sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to week three of uh, Borrowing From My Gift. So... Two weeks ago, we gave you the intro into this. Last week, we took you into some deeper questions about borrowing from your gift. This week, as we said at the end of the last episode, we will give you the application. So how do you recognize that you're borrowing from your gift? And how do you stop yourself borrowing from your gift and use your gift in the right way? So um, usual, we just want to shout out everyone that's listening to us on Spotify, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, watching us on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button, mash that stuff down. Um, And yeah, we just want to give everyone props and we're going to jump right in. So... Terence, I'm going to hit you with the first question. Um, okay. What do I do that devalues my temple? Now, so this was this was your question. So I, I'm kind of put, putting your question back. Let me before we get into that. What? Why did you come at, at it from the angle of devaluing the temple? Okay, so it goes with the scripture. One of the scriptures that I had. So I'll read it. It's 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 19, verse, and so it's from the Amplified. I'm just, I'm just in on the Amplified version. I've been on the last couple of weeks. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> All right, listen, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? So with that, I thought about it. As far as, you know, we always, we've heard it before that, you know, our body is our temple. But usually people use it for like, you know, tattoos and what you do, or all that kind of stuff. Okay? But if you think about yourself as a temple, you want to prepare the temple for who's going to come to visit or reside in the temple. So... If you if you had a temple and it wasn't prepared for people to come in, then how would it be useful? What would be the use of a temple if nobody wanted to dwell in the temple? So if we look at our body that way and the Holy Spirit is what wants to dwell within us, we have to prepare our temple to create space for the Holy Spirit to come in. Because it's an invitation. The Holy Spirit doesn't force to come in. 
we welcome it, but we have to have a place prepared to welcome it to. And so, in reference to our gifts, that's why our gifts can't reach. I, I'm not going to say reach. That's not the word I want to use. They're not as effective because we haven't prepared our temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell, to activate our gifts and to expand the reach. So a lot of that, you know, expanding, you know, Lord, expand my territory and all that kind of stuff. The expansion is not from your own hands. The expansion is from the Holy Spirit. That's how you enlarge your territory. It's not outside in, it's inside out. And so if you look at yourself as a temple, you think about every day, what am I doing that's either preparing my temple for the Holy Spirit to want to dwell, or what am I doing to devalue it? So then, and it go, this could be a whole other series of stuff, but it came to me uh, last week. That's how we grieve the Holy Spirit, too. We grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to come in to be that assistance of our gifting, but we keep grieving it because we keep doing stuff to devalue ourselves. And the Holy Spirit, like, I want to help you, but I can't come in there the way it is. You not, it's not the right conditions. So you want to go further. I want to help you go further. Now you making me sad because <laughs> you won't do right <laughs> by your temple. So I can't come and do it. Man. I just love the way that this you keep triggering visuals because I'm imagining. Um, so, like I said in the past, we we renovated property. That was something mm-hmm. me and my wife do. Mm-hmm. And I remember even <laughs> even our last family home when we mm-hmm. bought it, when we bought that house, mm-hmm. we walked, myself and my wife walked in there and we could see the potential. But everyone else that walked in there was like, man, y'all going to live here? Because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it's like when you devalue your temple. It's you create this place that no, no one, it's not inviting to anyone, especially the person that you're supposed to be welcoming in the most. And it kind of made me think, so as, as I said, for, for, for me, a lot of this went back to Samson. Mm-hmm. And um, in Judges 13, uh, I believe, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, verse 7. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, man. See, this is, why, this is why I love. So remember, we've talked about law of mention before mm-hmm. in, the, mm-hmm. in the Bible. And it's the same thing happens here when you, something is, when something is so important that the Bible repeats it three times, what do we get three times? We get this three in one, the Trinity. Mm -hmm. When something is so important, it's like it's repeated three times. And that's what happens here in this scripture. So first in, um, in uh, verse four, where after the angel appeared to, um, Manoah's wife 
to tell her that she's going to bear a, bear a child. So it says, so be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit. Then, um, and it says, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son. And his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated as a Nazarite from birth. And he will begin to, to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And then later on, she runs to go and tell her husband. And in verse seven, she says, um, but he told me, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit. For your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment of his birth until the day of his death. Then it goes on. So the story goes on that Manoah didn't said, oh, who is this man of God? Um, hopefully he'll come back again or whatever. And, and then the angel appears to them again. And in verse 13, the angel of the Lord replied, be sure your wife follows the instructions I gave her. She must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden fruits. So again, there is this significance of honoring the temple there. Now, although the instructions are given to Manoah's wife, the fact that it mentions that Samson is to be dedicated as a Nazarite from the day of his birth to the day of his death is that his temple was to remain holy because he's dedicated to God. That's why even before he entered the world, the temple that he was coming through had to be prepared and kept clean because he was something that was ceremonially clean from birth to death. Mm-hmm. And then um, as we talked about last week, what does Samson do? Um, he's on his way to go check a chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just Number one, he, he, he tripping. Mm-hmm. He, he already he got, he's going to go check this girl. So, um, it says a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. At that moment, a whole, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat, but he didn't tell his mother or his father about it. Now, this is funny because before, right at the beginning of that verse, it says, um, or the verse before, it says, as Samson and his parents were going down to Tim, Timnah, he was with his parents, but then it says he didn't tell his parents about it or anything. So he must have said to his parents, Scoop, let me, mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of this. Mm-hmm. But um, so that was that. Later, verse eight says later when he returned, when he returned to Timnah for the wedding, he turned off the path to look at the carcass. So first and foremost, as a Nazarite, as someone who is dedicated to God, as someone who is supposed to be ceremonially clean, he veers off the path. He took, he turned, the Bible says he turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion. He took himself from the path that he was on to go and look at something that was ceremonially unclean. He took himself down a path to go and defile his own temple, therefore corrupting his gift. 
Um, and then it says he found a swarm that a swarm of bees had made a, made some honey in the carcass. He scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it along the way. So he defiled his temple with something that was ceremonially unclean. It then says he also gave to he, some to his father and his mother and they ate it. But he didn't tell them he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. So he defiled his mother and father's temple. His mother, who had paid very, she had listened to the clear instructions given not to defile her temple when she was bringing him into the world. She, he then defiles her temple and his father's temple and himself with something ceremonially unclean. And destroys, not only did he destroy his gift, He's just, he's now blemished that it's expanded. It's gone beyond him. Yeah. And so kind of, that's what I got when you were talking about, you know, how we devalue the temple. Mm -hmm. When we, when we take ourselves off the path that we're supposed to be on and we go and put ourselves in, as I said before, two weeks ago, we put ourselves in the line of danger whether it's physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, whatever, we yeah. defile the temple that God has given us and therefore impact on the gift that is within the temple. No, nah, that was that was powerful because that, that whole connection, because it, it, it paints the picture that when you devalue your temple, the ripples from it. So it doesn't just affect you, it affects those that's connected to you. Right. And so that's why it's important about who you connected to, because you want to know, too, what they're doing with their temple, because it's going to resonate to you. you. <laughs> it come on down. It come down. So yeah, that, that was, that was, yeah, that was. That was powerful. That was, <laughs> that was, that was powerful. Uh, am I am I reading the next question? Yeah, you go with the next one. You you talking so good. I got lost. Right, okay, my bad. Uh, okay, so <laughs> how do I recognize that I'm I am abusing my gift? Ooh, now this is a this is a this is a good one. So I think when we start to see the the gift is yielding the wrong sort of fruit we know that we're abusing the gift now people will say well how do I know that it's yielding the wrong sort of fruit the thing the, the, the word of God says that when we bear good and perfect fruit or when we bear the fruit of the Lord, we bear good and perfect fruit. It means that what he gives us will not come with something bad. Now, when you are operating, when you're abusing your gift, it may come, it may bring forth what looks like good fruit, but somehow, some way there is always something bad attached or connected to it. There is always some kind of negative consequence that you then have to deal with. 
Mm-hmm. You do a deal and the deal goes good and you make some money, but then you get hit with loads of unknown charges that suddenly mean the money you've made from it means nothing or all disappears. Or you lose friends as a result of of the transaction or the transaction goes bad and or the business deal or the, whatever it is goes bad um, and people that you had good relationships with suddenly disappear. Or you hook up with someone and the relationship goes south and not only does that relationship end, it ends other relationships because you didn't listen to the people that were trying to advise you that um, that it was not a good it was not good fruit. When you're abusing your gift, the, the what appears to be good fruit brings comes with a sour aftertaste. It's like one of those fruits that tastes sweet while you're eating it, mm-hmm. but once you get done, your mouth your mouth feels real tight and sour because it, it it's got this lingering bad aftertaste. Mm-hmm. That is when you know that you're abusing your gift. And you can see that if you open your eyes and if you're truly dis, you know, discerning, you will know that, hey, why is it that every time I use do this or I operate in this way, it appears to look good at the beginning, but then after a while, everything attached to that just goes downwards. See the aftertaste and the fruit part, I, I had a I had a whole other anger I was going to go to you when that. Then it brought me to another one, so I'm going to have to look it up because it was something I had put in my Bible study. So hold on, let me let me get it because it, it fit right with it. Um, let me go. Okay. Because it made me think about a tree. And so I'm going to read Jeremiah 17, chapter 8, verse for he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will fear, will not fear the heat when it comes, but its leaves will be green and moist and it will not be anxious and concerned in the year of drought, nor stop bearing fruit. So when you think about that, a lot of us bearing fruit or use not gift the right way is when we're connected to the right source. So if God is our source, he's always going to make sure our roots have the right nutrients they need. The farther down we go into him, the more fortified we are. And then that gives us the strength to withstand the thing that might happen as we're producing the fruit but we know that the fruit won't be affected. But if you kill the root, then what you produce is something that's not as of value because it doesn't have the right source. And if you connect it to the water, like I said, if you're a tree planted by the water, then you got a constant stream of nutrients. But our nutrients will dry up when we get away from him. So what if that river dry up? It dries up, not because God separated from us. We dried that connection up. 
And then we wonder why we don't bear the fruit that we feel like, oh, you gifted me to bear is because we're not connected to him. Our roots are not in him. And so our fruit will not reflect him because he's not going to allow our fruit to reflect him if it's not connected to him. Man, you make me think of, um, I don't know how many episodes back it was, but when we were talking about um, drinking from our parents' well. Right. It's that same concept, isn't it? That mm-hmm. um, until you learn to connect to the source yourself and then until you learn to dig your own well, mm-hmm. you won't be nourished in the way that you're supposed to be nourished and you're drinking from a limited source. And at some point that source is going to dry up. And it's the same when you're borrowing from your gift continually, um, the source will dry up like the bank account analogy. It's going to eventually dry up. And that's when you know that you are abusing the gift Mm -hmm. because when you're using the gift correctly, it will, the source will replenish the gift. Mm-hmm. When you see it depleting continuously and not being replenished, you know that you're abusing it. That is a, yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful way of describing it, T. Look, man, when you when you came with the fruit, the tree came. So I said, like, oh, I know, I know where that's going. I, I got, look, I got something for that one. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with the last question then. So. Okay. What can I do to build my faith so I am confident to use my gift in my purpose? Okay. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the last, the second scripture that I had in here that I didn't use for the last one, but I'm gonna use it for this. <laughs> All right, so Matthew 23, uh 12th chapter. Whoever exalts himself exalts himself shall be humble, and whoever humbles himself shall be raised to honor. So so I've been, and I think I sent you a link to one of them, but I, I found, um, I say, if you know James Fortune, he's a gospel singer. And oh, Isaac yeah, yeah. He's a gospel singer, too, and they do this this gospel talent show. And it's this young lady, her name is Michaela. She's like 17 years old. And like a couple weeks ago, she came on there and sung and wiped everybody out. Just they were crying, folks were loud crying, everybody just cried. But the reason was that she used her gift in a real pure way, in a real humble way. Um, because she wasn't even really getting on that too sane. They were like, Okay, you on here, you got sane, you gotta do something for. Her. And when I tell you she was, it was like she was ministering to herself, and it was a real vulnerable place when you can get with God and it was it's something that when I um one of my old church members she used to take we used to talk about singing and stuff and she was like people enjoy me singing and she was like I enjoy singing but she like I'm not singing for them when I sing it's just me and God and I'm just including you on my time with him but I'm not singing for your response I'm singing to him and that's what she was doing. It's like she was just her and God, and she was just singing back and forth and just going back and forth. And 
And it was just a real honest and beautiful moment. So then fast forward to the to the next week when she was on, they were talking about, you know, people reached out to her, you know, different singers, different platforms were reaching out to her. She got she gained like six thousand Instagram followers and stuff like that. But she still was like, I just want to still be obedient to God and and really be honest and truthful with the gift he gave me. I appreciate the gift. And and she was talking about, you know, like Tasha Cobb be in the comments and she was like, oh, you blessed me, you anointed da 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 da. And then Tasha Cobb, and she was like, oh, Tasha Cobb, like, and she always, she real respectful. She's like a real respectful girl. She's got a, a real nice heart. She's like, oh, Miss Tasha Cobb, like, oh, I just appreciate you and all that. And, and Tasha Cobb came on to the screen and was talking to her. And like, she about passed out, but it was because she was so humble. And that's what she was saying. She was like, you got a gift. And but it's the way you bring it across. And she was like, she told him she wasn't even really, it was her, I think her uncle passed earlier that day. So she was like, it was rough for me. And she was like, but you still minister, even in your state, you still minister to people. And Isaac Carey said something, and that's why I said all that to say this. He was saying that, you know, with your gift, it's, it's not necessarily for um how did he put it i wish i wrote it down he he was saying that because she was oh because she was willing even in her pain to minister and not let that be a barrier she still honored the gift because every day it you won't be able to operate in your gift from a pain-free place sometimes it will hurt to operate in your gifting just depending on the situation and environment but you don't have to allow your hurt to cloud your gifting because you can operate from your gift from your hurt instead of allowing your hurt to then inform how you minister and it's a difference because if you hurting and you're trying to minister, you will allow the pain, just like we were talking about, you will ingest more of it. But as you minister, if you give God, give God the pain, he would then be able to magnify that and then people relate to it because they're like, man, I've been there. Like, oh, I know how that feels. Instead of like, oh, woe is me. It's like, this is what I'm going through now, but God is able. He's still able to do this. He's still able to work through me. So he's able to work through you. And, and it's kind of like that we got a commonality in our struggles and pain that even if, yes, the worst does happen or whatever, God is still more than any of those things. He can still cover those things. He can still operate through you in those things. And so Life can't stop God. While while you was talking, oh man, I kept. I think I said this to myself about three or four different ways to try and find the right way to say this. 
Mm-hmm. And when I say it, it'll make sense to you because you, mm-hmm. you know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. But what kept coming to me was see, learn to see your gift in the presence of God and not God in the presence of your gift. Because what we do sometimes is we put the focus on our gift and then we, we see God in that gift. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, we need to be see the presence of God and see our gift in the midst of that presence. Because mm-hmm. in the midst of that presence, it's just like you said, in the midst of that presence, God's, God's presence is like an amplification tower. That gift is amplified. Its power goes wider and wider and wider and wider and wider. And it reaches people we never thought it could reach. And the reason I feel this way and the reason why I I say that is because that is how your faith builds. Because I so I hosted a room on Clubhouse and I, I, I set it up in advance. I did the tweets. I did the Instagram posts to say I'm going to be hosting the room. When the room mm-hmm. started, I pinged loads of people like, yo, come on, come to my room, come to my room, come and have this discussion. And three people joined. And I was like, man, I did all of that. And I got three people. And we had um, a really encouraging conversation honest conversation, a conversation that was church outside of the walls of church, everything that we stand for. And at the end of it, um, the lady that was on it, her name was Antoinette. I think it was Antoinette Wilkins. Uh She she said to me, she said, guys, keep doing what you're doing because even if it's one person that turns up, God will put the one person that he needed to hear what you were saying in the space where he, they needed to be to hear that. So what you do is never lost. It always hits the right people. Mm-hmm. And every time I want to get my feelings and get upset that, man, why did I get, why did I get, I see all these rooms of hundreds of people in there and hundreds of people lis- listening why am I getting my three people or four people in my room? And I'm, and I'm like, and then that hits me because God is like, cause I just needed you to tell that I just needed one person in that room to hear what they needed to hear because my ways are not your ways because how I operate to amplify your gift is not how you would like me to amplify your gift. And until you understand my presence and how your gift operates in my presence, you can't truly understand how to use your gift correctly. So once we start to refocus and stop looking for God in our gift and look at our gift in God, once we shift our perspective like that, our faith will grow and we will see God operate with our gift 
how he wants to. I think people need to get it out of their minds that their gift might might reach hundreds of thousands or whatever. Some people's gifts will, but your gift might be to re might need to only reach that one person who is then going to go and reach the hundreds and thousands. But if you didn't reach that one person, that one person couldn't reach the people they were supposed to reach. Mm-hmm. So this is what I wrote down when you were talking. So and, and <laughs> this is something that me, me and Kendra have been talking about too, because we'll be saying stuff like, oh, this came to me. It was like, no, we got to start saying, you know, God gave me this. God, you know, told me this. So this what this what God told me while you were talking. He was saying that the reason why it wasn't a lot of people in there because he didn't want want you to dilute the message. So some some platforms and some arenas are not meant to have so many people. Because you would then have to divide the time between so many people. So you could give somebody a very powerful message and not have to cut it down. Because every every room, and I, I had to learn this too, even from teaching and stuff. Everybody's not ready for the information that you have to provide. And they have varying degrees on receptivity to what you have. Some people can handle it at full strength. Some people can't. And then some people not. <laughs> and some people, some people are too distracted by everything else going on to receive it. And so sometimes it's better to have smaller groups because they're not they're not distracted by other people's input or different things going on in the background. They can really focus. And I think that's the thing too, just like it might not be meant for every platform to have so many people. It's also meant for us not to then spread ourselves so thin that when we do have rooms of people then we're not diluted and what we say doesn't translate to them the way it should because now we've lost some of the power that we had to give them, but now we spread ourselves too far and now we're not as effective either. I was on mute. So I was saying that was good. That was good. Um, but we that that's that's us that's the application um like terence and i've been saying we are planning to do some live um some live sessions on stereo is it stereo i think i did well I, okay i guess i can say it on here i had this thought before we got on but maybe i can just say it on here and then just agree or not <laughs> but i was I, this is what i was thinking since we have gone to the to the new format where we kind of do one episode breaking into three. What if we do the recording of it live on Facebook or something like that and then get comments and then the people that rewatch at home, which we know whatever, they get it sectioned up, but that first one is the live one. 
because we we've been talking about doing one live one anyway. So the recording would be the live thing that would have some of the responses and stuff, and then have the roll live in chunks. So that's a that's an option. Okay, okay. Terrence has got <laughs> ideas, y'all. <laughs> I, I keep ideas. I keep ideas. All yeah. So, but yeah, we, we're we're planning a, on a number of different different ways to just roll things out to you. Um, but you know, so you've had three weeks. Oh, so over the last three weeks, you've had three different topics. I'm not so three different. This you've had the three sections of our borrowing from my gift topic next week we shift into the next um into the next topic um but we still want to look at ways to ensure that we're having that engagement with you on a constant basis so Mm -hmm. just keep your ears peeled because we will announce how we're going to do that um, bear with us because we are trying to focus on stuff that is really engaging i've registered for a clubhouse um a clubhouse club so if i get that then i will have the daily perspective network as a club on clubhouse meaning i can start to host broadcast within clubhouse under the banner of the daily perspective network so that will be potentially one of the ways like i said we're looking at stereo for potential live sessions where people can get on as guests and talk to us so we're trying a number of different things and we'll keep you posted on on how we do um but we want to thank you for tuning in again this week and um yeah we'll catch you on the other side peace i'm mr daily and you can keep up with me on twitter at dy daily on instagram at dy daily on facebook uh, daily perspective network um on youtube daily perspective network and um on the blog www.dailyperspective.co.uk or you can just email me at david at daily perspective all right i'm dr terrence johnson uh you can catch me email info at iprogresscc.com facebook instagram iprogresscc um and website www.iprogress.cc Before you go, I'd like you to remember that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast. You can do this on your favorite streaming platforms.